Hey, what's up, Real Madrid podcast listeners? Um, we're back at a very odd time. I'm not even going to explain why we've been gone for so long. I really could care. <laughs> Nothing else really matters. The simple answer, school and work. That's all Hassan and I do, and that's all we've been doing. But today, we decided we need to lament. So, about a minute into this podcast, after I debrief, I'm going to give each of us 30 seconds to rant and get it all out of our systems, and we're actually going to talk about this game and how we truly felt about it and what went wrong. As I'm sure you've seen all over Twitter and social media and every sports application you have downloaded on your iOS and Android devices, Real Madrid gave up a one-goal lead, one-nothing lead at the Bernabeu in the first leg of the round 16 of the bloody Champions League. To who? Manchester City. Did it seem that, you know, it was going to be a walk in the park? Most definitely not. It wasn't supposed to be. But did it seem like Madrid could secure the bag? Yes, it did. But, like I said, one minute is approaching. Hustle, I'll give you the first 30 seconds. Go. Oh, God, where do I even start, man? That was just frustrating. And nothing seemed to go right in that second half. It all just completely collapsed. And it's just devastating, man, because I think while it was a bit of a snatch and grab, we did, you know, do well enough to get to that 1-0 lead. And it just, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that collapse. It was, it was just, that's probably the worst one in a long time. You're done. You don't even want your full thirty seconds. No, is it? no. I'm, I'm okay. too. I'm too. I'm too heartbroken right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my thirty seconds. I'm equally as heartbroken. I think that was pathetic in its own right, but it was also masterful in another. Of course, we'll talk about that. I think Zidane made a couple of mistakes. Not so much in the tactics of the game, but more so the substitutions, which I guess you could call tactics. But it's just a switching off. And unfortunately, there is one person I think I can attribute most of the blame to, which I'm sure you and I will agree upon. But let's go. The starting 11. What did you think of it? Before the whistle blew at 0-0-0, before the ball was kicked, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I don't think it was anything special. It could have been better. Obviously, Tony Cruz missing was the biggest problem. Um, but other than that, I'd say it was good enough to win that game. I mean, Vinicius starting was a great, a great bonus. I was so glad not to see Bale get the nod. Um, Benzema has obviously been in a bit of a downward dip, but I don't think Yoach has done enough to take a start in a game of this magnitude just yet. Isco has been, you know, good enough for the last few games. Um, so yeah, no. Generally speaking, I was quite happy with the lineup. I didn't think he was awful. I didn't think he was brilliant, but. Definitely good enough to do the job, but obviously clearly not in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it ended up being quite pathetic, like you said. Tony Cruz not starting. Seemed a bit odd, but then in the first 20 minutes of the game, it seemed like it was paying off having Federico Valverde on the pitch. Because as we know, that kid is just like a freaking steam engine, just nonstop, like always up and down the pitch. He did really well, and then he had like another... 10 or 15 minutes or so in the second half where he was shining really bright. He was just absolutely barreling down the Manchester City players, retrieving balls. And I wasn't too disappointed with Tony Cruz not being there. I think the one thing that maybe seemed odd, him not starting, and you could his lack of presence was very visible, was more so in the first half when Madrid had a load of possession inside the first 15 minutes. I, I'm pretty sure that possession was like 70-30, if not more. But then you can just see the ball, yeah, just just cycling around. And that's what you miss when you don't have to, or what you don't get when Tony Cruz isn't on the pitches. There's no one to direct traffic and actually, you know, get things going. But 
unfortunately, there's no hybrid between Tony Cruz and Freddy Valverde. And if there was, then, oh my God, I think the world would be ending. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the 11, like you said, outside of Cruz, it seemed pretty decent. I, I don't know who else you could have pit, put into the match instead of the other 10 guys that were there. Like, it just seemed like yeah. the strongest 11, at least to me. But then things started to look really shaky. Like you said, yeah, Benzema definitely. hasn't been so good, but like his game overall for you, what do you make of it? Um, it was, I mean, it was. I, I agree with your point. There was definitely not much more than you could have added in that would have made a huge difference. Obviously, just to sort of divert a little bit, uh, Hazard missing is a big problem <laughs> to a degree. Obviously, Vinicius did a solid job in this game. Um, probably the best attacking player on the field, if I'm honest, uh, by quite some way. Um, and then again, Cruz would have been a nice uh, sort of uh, option onto that. Uh, just for just for controlling midfielders, and that's what they were really lacking in the middle. The energy was there. The energy was perfect, but um, yeah, man, it was just it was it was really hard. But I think a lot of the sort of senior players that didn't step up in this game, like Carval, was absolutely. Abysmal in this game. Trash, trash. For the way of putting it, this is one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Like period, ever. Like not just this season, like in his entire time at the club, it was disgustingly bad. Uh, he was getting smoked all night. Obviously, he made that challenge on Sterling, which I actually don't think was necessary. It looked like the ball might have actually been going out, but he lunged in anyway, like a moron. Um, yeah, just a, a miserable showing from him. Ramos with the the penalty, well. I mean, obviously the people are going to dispute this all day. Jesus did dive in my eyes, but whatever. But um, he knew that the player was going to make the most of even littlest bit of contact on him. So there was no need to like, sort of, I think he like rubbed his hand over his shoulder or something. Obviously Jesus sent himself flying like prime Luis Suarez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like, it was just a bunch of really stupid. And then like Casemiro choosing to have his worst game of the season in probably the, you know, the most important game of the season. He just wasn't as good as he could have been uh, in this game. It was just a lot of like collective things. Benzema as well. Like, obviously, I defended him earlier in the week with my uh, with an article uh, just saying that people need to chill out with his, the criticism of him. But tonight, he was pretty pretty average. He had a good header early on. In the, I think it was the first half. Um, but um, other than that, he was pretty pretty bog standard not, nothing special I think he only had 18 touches in the entire game or something crazy like that it wasn't a lot um, but he just like the link up play is good for a bit but when you're ghosting out to the left there's no one in the middle like what well, it worked when we had Ronaldo of course because Ronaldo would then interchange and go into the middle or Bale would obviously Vinicius doesn't trust himself to shoot and Isco is not going to do much damage in the box let's be honest obviously well, I know he scores smart, like but that sounds strange I don't know what you but Generally speaking, you're not going to expect much of him in the box. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's just my sort of look at it. I don't think it, it's, it's hard to pick out one particular player and say they were t- just the absolutely abysmal because it was a collective few that just were bad. I um, think you collect few that were bad, but I like if you have to, I mean, not even if you have to, but for me, the one person I'm putting blame on, and it's a team sport, so I don't really necessarily like to put blame on one person. But as Danny Carvajal, like... Yeah, if you, you have a gun to my head and said pick one, it'd definitely be Carvajal. Yeah, like you and I tweeted about it during the first half of the game. It was just like, 
this guy was getting smoked. Like, I understand, you know, Pep, really smart of him putting Gabby Jesus on Danny Carvajal. Like, you put your number nine on the left side. It seems a bit tricky. It seems a bit odd, which it was. There was a couple of instances where you could see, like, Danny was getting wrecked by this kid. And credit to him, I'm pretty sure he's several years his junior. So, I, you know, it's completely understandable that he's got more pace and acceleration. But if you know that's going to happen, then at least prepare for it and position yourself a little bit better. Maybe don't advance forward up so much. It's just something that's... Yeah, so, definitely. You don't expect it from a guy who's the starting right back in four Champions League titles in five years. Like, I don't know. I'm, like, shocked, dumbfounded, but then I'm also like, like, what? Like, why'd you, what made you think that was, okay, I don't know. Benzema, I'm, like, such a huge proponent of him. You know that. You said you wrote a sweet article defending him, which was good. But I'm just like, yo, like, why? What? His biggest impact in the game was going freaking UFC slash WWE on Fetty <laughs> in the middle of the park absolutely just jacked the crap out of the kid and i was like yo this guy's got whiplash for sure he just ran into a wall and fetty was moving like that kid was hauling ass that kid's tough one oh my goodness (laughs) but outside of that like what else did kareem do he had one header it's like okay could he have got that a little bit more off to the right or left and you know better scoring chance sure he could have but he didn't and your number nine shouldn't be having one clear chance the whole game yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't yeah, know. what do you, what do you even say, man? It's just like I, I don't know. There's just, there's just so much wrong with this game. But I don't want to keep. I don't want it to sound like you and I are just bitching essentially for a whole twenty minutes or something. <laughs> it's exactly but what it's going to be. It's exactly what it's being so far. Yeah. Uh, going into the substitution, or like, let's talk about the substitution. So the first one was Gareth Bale, I believe, for Vinny. To me. That was totally the wrong substitution. And I get yeah. that Isco scored the goal. It was cool. Great finish. Composed right by the post. Kissed it. Wicked. Wonderful. Don't dispute that whatsoever. But outside of that goal, it wasn't Isco's best game, considering he got that free roam role that he loved so much. It wasn't his brightest game by any means. In the final third, the brightest player, maybe even in the whole game for Real Madrid, except for Courtois bailing out, Real several times was Vinicius and then he got taken off and I was just like why though it didn't even make sense yeah I, I mean I actually thought Isco was probably one of the better performers in this game to be honest um like as a whole sure but he I don't think he was better than Vin, like Vinny created more chances oh yeah definitely yeah and, and that's what I'm of off of offensive like, yeah, yeah definitely um but yeah I mean I just I wouldn't have brought I just wouldn't have brought Bale on, period, man. I just, he didn't do anything in this game when he came on. Like I think he played like a cross and that was about it. I think that's the only thing I saw him do. Yeah, but the cross um, was crap. It didn't even do anything. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the cross did any damage. He was, he was just... I've run out of things to say about Bale at this point. You know, I defended him at the start of the season when you know he had a couple of goals and assists. Like, he, he contributed. And his performances were all right. He's had a few decent-ish performances this season, but by and large... Regards meant to be considered, you know, world class and cost the club eighty-five million pounds and all that kind of thing. He just—he's not consistently performed for about three years now, um, and it's just—it's not good enough, man. But I don't want to turn this into a yeah. This is why Bale needs to leave podcast because that's 
I think it's dead rhetoric at this point. (laughs) Okay. All all the, like, bitching aside, if you had to make your three subs, who would they have been, and would you have changed the formation with those subs? Um, If I had to bring anyone on, I would probably would have brought Vasquez on for Isco if you had to take Isco off. Just as an extra bit of support on the right for Carvalho, who no, was just getting I'm, overrun. I'm saying, do, I'm saying do whatever you would have done. Like, not if no, you had the, to take over. That's not what I would have done. Okay. If I had to pick anyone to come off for Isco, it would have been Vasquez. I definitely would have brought him on earlier. Agreed. Um, because need that need that work rate, if I'm honest. Um, or even have shifted Bale onto the right side. Like, if you were going to bring Bale on, just shift him onto the right side. It made no sense for Vinicius to come off. Precisely. At all. Exactly. Um, Spot on. You yeah. got it. You're two for two, kid. I'm proud of you today. I would have probably taken Benzema off at some point for Jovic. And yeah, okay, Jovic has probably still not stepped up enough just yet, but just for something different. Um, for something different. And for someone who's going to bust his ass on the field, Karim Benzema, yeah. I don't know. He, like, someone didn't give him his walker. Like, he left it <laughs> at the top. He should have just taken it on the pitch with him. Yeah, exactly. So those are changes I would have made, at least. Anyway, so it would have been. Either Bale or Vasquez to the right, Benzema off of Jovic, and then, I mean, depending on his fitness, I don't actually know what's wrong with Cruz, whether he was injured or they just chose to rest him because of Clasco on the weekend. But I definitely would have brought him on, you know, for Modric, because I think Modric started to look a bit leggy in that second half. I think he's <laughs> showing his age of 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's all I would have, just just to you know dictate the tempo, slow the game down a bit, keep the ball. Uh, so that that would have been my three changes. I think it's fair to say, I'll answer. I think it's fair to say though, everyone over twenty five or twenty six looked pretty gassed at some point. Yeah, in the game. definitely. Because I mean, the high press. Whoa, I love it. Applaud it. A day and night is beautiful. I love to see it. Like when they press, they press together as a unit, and it was so cohesive. Like they switched on all at the same time. I was like, this is beautiful. I'm loving this right now. But you you can't do it for ninety minutes, not with players at that age. It's just not possible. I mean, I don't even know if marathon runners could... Uh, marathon runners understand that. You get my point, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, that level yeah. of stam- stamina is just absolutely ridiculous. I think the only people who did it really well and consistently and didn't really show signs of slowing down was, like, Fetty and Varane and Mendy, and that's it. And, like, sure, Vinny, but he doesn't really move as much as the other three guys need to move around. But Yeah, he paces himself smartly, so he runs when he needs to. Yeah, and he makes like, really cute runs, and like he straddles the line very well. And he, he, I think one thing he's gotten really good at, sure, he needs to work on his finishing still, but his timing of his runs and quick one-twos, I feel like, have gotten even better. And that was another thing that surprised me about removing Vinny from this game, is Gareth Bale came, on to the, came into the game, rather. First of all, he didn't play on the side that he usually plays, and sure, everyone used to say that, He's playing right because Ronaldo's left. Well, Ronaldo's gone. Sure, he gets the left side, but still, Mendy and Bale did not look like they understood one another without having to directly look at one another or communicate verbally in any in any fashion. But with Vinny and Mendy, two young kids, it you could tell there was a bit more cohesion between the two of them, and their interplay, even in tight spaces when they were getting double team like they were helping one another out it just seems so much more fluid and so much more natural like they've practiced this on a training pitch almost like both of them are healthier i'm like <coughs> bill sorry um but yeah my three people who would i have picked 
I think I've definitely gone for Lucas Vasquez because you know he's just going to play his heart out and he's going to run himself yeah. into the ground. So why not? Couldn't agree more with you there. Luka Jovic for Benzema. I got to take that one from you as well because <laughs> uh, you need something different. Also, Benzema did absolutely nothing. And at least even if he doesn't score a goal, you know you're going to have someone who's going to run and who's going to press and who's going to at least sit back or not sit back but track back and help win balls back, which is something that Madrid ended up struggling with and then ending up going down to 10 men. You need your striker to fall back even more, which, I mean, Benzema can do, but he really can't because in the event you do get the ball and you counter, he doesn't have it in him to dash from the defensive third. It's better off he just parks his ass in the midfield and takes off from there. My third substitution, I I guess, like... like you said, maybe Cruz was injured or he was being saved for um, the weekend. But then once you've gone down 2-1, or even if it's 1-1, and you know the oldest dude on the field is looking a little bit tired, after having a great game, by the way, I think Modric had a great game, why not put Tony Cruz on? It would have been less than 20 minutes of game time anyway. The boys are probably going to have three sessions between now and the Classico, which is next Sunday. Let Cruz take one of those sessions off and let him work inside alone, and you've balanced his fitness. At least that's what I think. Obviously, I'm not on the team for obvious reasons, but, I mean, it seemed plausible from my eyes sitting in Toronto in my living room watching (laughs) the game. I don't know. What do I know? Moving forward, though, the next game is in a couple weeks' time. There's two away goals for Manchester City. How many did Madrid need in order to win this? Three? Uh, three without conceding. Three without... So they need to win by three goals, basically. Yeah. So that's not impossible, but it's not easy. Definitely not easy. Um, but obviously, you know, City have their own issues to contend with. You know, Laporte out injured, who's massive to their back line. He's their best defender by a long way. Um, so you know that's that's definitely a, a big factor. But again, we don't know how long he's out for, so who knows he could be back by then. Um, but generally speaking, man, it was just a miserable, a miserable affair. He, he should uh, it should be competitive at least. I expect them to go out and go for it because they've got no other choice. But it should be competitive. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is the city clearly have a great offense, but a pretty par defense. Like the defense isn't that great. Yeah, it's not brilliant, but saying that, um, I don't think they were that threatened by what Real was throwing at them in this game, if I'm honest. Um, they didn't seem massive. To, they didn't really seem to break a sweat, and that's considering they were playing Fernandinho, who's the CDM at centre-back, after Laporte went off injured. So it's, it's, it's a tricky one. The problem with Real is they can defend quite well, but we just can't seem to score very much. The forward line just isn't, isn't as effective as it needs to be. But that's all part of the transition still, I guess. That's that's one thing a lot of people forget is it's the side in, you know, something of a transition. It's not quite like complete yet. Yeah, it's been a lot less painful than it could have been. But it's definitely nowhere near complete yet. It's still some piece of the jigsaw missing. I guess if you want to take like a glass half full approach to this game, is the fact that Rodrigo will be back because he decided to go get suspended. <laughs> Which, which is kind of funny. I don't even blame him. He's like 19 years old. Do whatever you want, kid. The goal is beautiful, by the way. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It was pretty damn sweet. Rodrigo will be back. Of course, you got Vinny up front. Maybe Benzema scores a couple of goals between now and the next time. 
that these two teams face one another in Manchester, and he gets a bit of something going for him. And then I think you still have a free radical in James Rodriguez. I don't think there's any fitness issues with him, at least not that I've heard or seen about. Um, I think that like that's the good thing about needing three goals is it just seems like such a Mount Everest to climb that Pep may not, you know, Pep won't take it lightly because he's a great manager in his own right. I wouldn't say he's one of the best, but that's another podcast for another time. Um, <laughs> I think you know what I mean. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that the player, like the Manchester City defense and those those players of that team who are on the pitch on that day may see this challenge for Real Madrid as just so big that they may take their foot off the gas because they may not be expecting, you know, Madrid to be able to pull such a feat off. And I think not having that pressure and just putting everything out on the table kind of makes it a little bit easier for you. Yeah, it's, it's advantage Madrid would have. I think that would be it. Of course, it's more of a mental advantage, not really a personnel one, but we'll have to see. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, really. I think there's a lot of a lot of moving parts to the to the problem, really. But it's definitely not something that's going to get solved. I don't think this season. Um, it's going to take at least another window at the transfers um, to, to to really sort of solve it. Obviously, again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, absences also didn't help this at all. Oh no uh, way. I think, I mean, you know, it's not to say that Tony Cruz would have guaranteed a win in this game, but he definitely would have helped, you know, a considerable amount. Um, you know, Hazard, yeah, okay, he might not have won the game for them, but again, would have helped a considerable amount. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's little things, but it's, like I said, just, it's like, it's a transition which isn't quite complete yet, but if people want to take a positive note, it's a transition that should have been and probably could have been a lot more painful than it has been. Um, I mean, you've only got to compare. If you look at the parallels, obviously, at the same point last season when Real were, you know, obviously just crashed out the cup, obviously just crashed out to Ajax as well. If you compare the level of football in comparison between now and then, there's plenty more positives to take. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, Zidane's just, he's done exactly the same as Solari's done, et cetera, et cetera. It's such a stupid statement because. Look at the level of playing between then and now. It's it's far less miserable than it was last season. Far yeah, less miserable. I, I don't agree with those people because I think the ceiling is so high that the ceiling hasn't even been starting to be built yet, if that makes sense. Like, there's yeah, just so much potential in this team. And like you said, it's still going to take another transfer window. Like, if anyone thinks that this is going to be the Madrid team you're going to see for the next two to three, maybe four years... You're absolutely clueless about how not just Real Madrid operate, but many sports organizations as a whole across any sport operate. Many teams build in blocks and in chunks with short-term and long-term plans in place. It's clear that Madrid has a lot of their short or a lot of their long-term plans in place and you know signing and investing money in plenty of young players, but I think now it's going to be, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think now it's going to be a lot of the short term. And some of those people who do come will obviously be beneficial in the long term as well. And I definitely think Mbappe is going to be one of those people. But to your point, 
one person on the field doesn't change the whole game or doesn't make or break the whole game because it is a team game at the end of the day. It takes 11 people to click simultaneously to be able to win. But those key people like Tony Cruz can definitely change the shape of the game or the outcome of the game. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Definitely wouldn't have made much more of an impact in swaying it towards a win or anything like that. Not that you can at least guarantee, you know, it's a hypothetical speed, you know, a hypothetical way of looking at it. You know, you don't know how they would have definitely affected, but I just think they definitely would have had a more positive impact mm-hmm. than what was in front of us there. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction, I guess, still. Because, you know, for large parts of this game, I thought, you know, Real played quite well. You know, I mean, the first half, they were forcing a Pep Guardiola team to play long ball. I mean, that in itself was impressive. I mean, obviously, you mentioned the pressing earlier. You know, there were some pretty nice exchanges and stuff played between the players. You know, there was definitely some positives to take from the game. Not a completely miserable affair. It was just, you know, obviously a few minutes of complete madness. Um, you know, ruined what was essentially an okay performance, generally speaking. Yeah, I listen, uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say this podcast wasn't meant to be uh, shitting on Real Madrid. It's just things... You know, five to ten minutes of the game just overshadowed the other 80 to 85 minutes of the game. And like you said, Madrid did a lot of things well in blocks and chunks, and so did Manchester City. It's just, you know, Madrid ended up slipping at the most opportune time for Manchester City. But, uh, hey, you got to keep moving forward. Unfortunately, uh, no one's built a time machine yet, so we can't go back in time. <laughs> and I'll hop, out, hop in it and go back a couple of hours and fix the mistakes that were about to happen. So we move forward, as people like to say on Twitter. I think that's going to be it for this podcast, though. There isn't a whole lot more to say. Hassan's going to do a, three takeaways from this match. I'm pretty sure you're working on it while we're doing this podcast. Those are always good, and I'm not saying it just because it's Hassan. Like it actually <laughs> genuinely is good work. So if you're if you want a solid three takeaways in addition to this podcast, definitely go take a read at it. It'll be some good stuff, and I'm sure he'll give some insight into the next game against Manchester City. If you want something a little more short and sweet and really to the point to give you a better idea of how the players did individually um, and their performance over 90 minutes or however long they were on the pitch. I'm doing the player ratings for the game, which should be up in the next couple of hours because uh, you'll see this podcast first all over Twitter, hopefully. If you did like it, please retweet it, share it with the rest of the Real Madrid base on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you guys are on social. If you'd like to hear another podcast from us, though, before the Classico, which is next Sunday, let us know because Hassan takes a lot of incentivizing to be able to get on Skype because he is such a busy, busy man. He doesn't have to... <laughs> Doesn't have time for his boys anymore. So if you've got questions at him at the Hoskarim, give him a follow because he's also kind of cool. And thank you for those who have given me a bit of Twitter love today. I think I now have the biggest tweet I've ever had on Twitter. I'm so gassed for it. So I'll close out with this one. My Twitter is at mnizamdin7. Zizou and Pep shook hands and the commentator had the audacity to say this is before the game. Two great players, blah, 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 something shaking hands. And all I saw was one great player in Pep Guardiola. So that's it. Peace out, guys. Don't dwell too much on this game. Keep moving forward. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Hassan. Peace out. Follow Madrid.